Hey everybody, I'm Rayma. And I'm Sean. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the show, The Umbrella Academy. Today we'll be covering the first episode from Netflix TV series, The Umbrella Academy, titled We Only See Each Other at Weddings and Funerals. (laughs) That sounds familiar. Yeah. (laughs) I think that's my family. (laughs) That's a, I mean, this is very much a family kind of like... Like we we covered like Haunting of Hill House and similar kind of thing. Just it's a family that has tons of issues. Yes, I'm so glad that you said that because I got um not a whole lot, but I did get some Haunting of Hill House vibes here. We do have one of the siblings that wrote this tell all book and seems yeah, to be yeah. you know, the whole black sheep because oh, you've told all of our family secrets and you're, you know, um so, yeah, and then just the whole dysfunctional uh, family feel for it. So, yeah, super fun, and I'm really excited to talk about it. Um, and welcome back, Sean. You made it back in one piece from your trip. How yeah. was it? Oh, it was good. So I got to go to Red Bank, New Jersey with me and my buddy Richard for uh, – it was kind of our brocation we, we've done every couple of years. And uh, we went there to see all the Kevin Smith stuff. So we saw the Secret Stash, the Quick Stop where the film uh, Clerks was shot – uh, nice. We saw a bunch of stuff. The coolest thing, the so uh, anybody seen Clerks? Uh, it's about a little like convenience store. Mm-hmm. Next door, there is a, like a old like VHS, you know, video rental place. You know, I don't how how many young people we have listening to this, but back in the day, you couldn't like stream <laughs> things. You'd actually VHS. physically go somewhere <laughs> and pay money to rent. Not even DVDs. It became DVDs, but VHS tapes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I peeked in the window because that that uh, building is closed right now. But if you look inside, you can still see a bunch of videotapes. Oh, that is so super yep. cool. It was pretty sweet. I couldn't Preserve. get a picture of it, but yeah, it was it was neat. Oh, that's great. Well, we're super excited that you made it back and had a great time so we can get started on this show. Um, And without further ado, we'll go ahead and jump into our top five from this week. I'll go ahead and start. Um, Just quick, quickly referencing, I want to just talk about how visually pleasing that the show is. I I really liked the effects that they had. Um, I think Pogo, I was not expecting, I'll just say first off, a talking monkey. (laughs) <laughs> or chimpanzee. I don't know if I know the correct term. I think he was a um, chimpanzee, yeah. I think it, I guess a chimpanzee. I was not expecting that. Um, so I thought that the CGI for Pogo was pretty darn cool. Yeah. I mean, it's not typically what I would expect from some TV shows, but Netflix seems to do a pretty good job now. Not that I've watched every single um, original Netflix show, but some of them, you know, some of the effects are not so great. Um, but this this was really great. They you can tell that they really did put a lot of um, you know effort into his look, and I thought he was absolutely adorable. Um, but some great CGI um, effects, and then like the mansion itself, just the whole scenery and like yes. cinematography. The mansion looked really great. Um, I could really buy you know the the look and feel of this you know mansion. I. You know, I'll admit to everyone now, I'm not familiar with the comics. I did not read the comics because it, for anyone that doesn't know, Umbrella Academy is based off of um, a comic. Um, I, I would certainly be interested in reading it now that I've, you know, kind of been let into, um, you know, the show. But 
I think that looks really authentic. Thought it looked really cool. I thought the scene in the bank was really cool. They had some really great great fight sequences, like with Diego in number five, you know, that I thought was really well choreographed and just some really beautiful scenery. And I love the whole imagery. I love the darkness of it. I loved the rain, you know, when they were out, um, you know, kind of casting their father's ashes, you know, outside in the courtyard. Um, just very visually, it was nice. And I like the dark element because I'm a little dark and twisty. And um, so I love the whole darkness of it. What did you think of it? Yeah, I agree completely. I think the the mansion was well done. Um, I know I've seen trailers for the show, and I remember seeing a talking chimpanzee in the trailers, but it caught me off guard because it's been it's this has been out for a, little a couple over a months, month, maybe right? maybe right at a month. Yeah, and so it's kind of fallen off my radar a little bit. Uh, and then when he showed up, I was like, oh yeah, I completely forgot about that. Uh, the the scene in the rain I thought was well, like it's very cinematography, like like very movie style. Yeah, it's like, um, you know, we've watched a couple of the shows and like a lot of the early ones are very low key and, you know, the lighting kind of hides a lot of the elements. But I think Netflix is learning a lot from the stuff they did. You look at the fights that they had. It, there, there's a lot of scenes in like the Daredevil series where there's like one big fight. And you mm-hmm. kind of got that sense here, like with the bank uh, heist and, you know, even the fight with uh, um, number one and number two. It kind of had that same feel to it. So, yeah. Um, it's really well done. There's a lot of cool stuff with this. I think, you know, like you talked about, this is a little bit darker of a show, and it kind of feels to me like it's like a real gritty, like X Men, you know? Yeah. You, you think about like the X Men, the ideas, you know, Professor X, he finds all these, you know, <laughs> people with powers and brings them to school, and it's all kind of like la di da. It's like, oh, yeah, why wouldn't parents drop them off? But in this, it's like, it's gritty. You know, he goes up to people who weren't pregnant, who had kids, <laughs> and he's like, how much do you want for it? Yeah, how much for it? Not yeah. even for like the baby or, you know, referencing it as a person, more like it. <laughs> yeah, and I was, you know, you kind of go like the dark kind of weirdness of it, but it's like, oh, I got seven of them. You know, it's like <laughs> seven of the 43 he was able to purchase uh, and create uh. his own little like school, essentially, but... But yeah, yeah, I think I think this is a really kind of cool setup that they've got going and um it, it kept my attention for sure. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. So that was just how I wanted to kind of top it off because that was kind of like what first kind of grabbed me was just oh, and then like the scene when we first meet Luther, you know, he's out, looks like out on yeah, the moon. Yeah. You oh, know, that's so, actually, I mean that was That's really early on. I almost kind of forgot about that. I have it written down, but yeah, you know, you see this you know, and, and there's not really an explanation for it. It's like, well, why is he on the moon? Why does he live yeah. on the moon? Lots of questions I, I still have. Um, but, I mean, we're only one episode in, and that's okay. I always have, like, questions there in the first couple episodes that we're still trying to kind of flesh out and figure out what the mysteries are and, and the hows and whys. But, yeah, the, that that was kind of beautifully um, shot, too. So just, just some very fun, like you said, more kind of cinematic than – like TV show there. I think mm-hmm. Netflix has done a really great job with a lot of their, you know, their shows picking the folks who are behind the shows and, and, you know, putting all of that effort into it, all those folks kind of putting all that together and how it all comes together in this great show. So that's my number five, sweet and simple. All right. So for my number five, it's kind of sweet and simple, but I think we can kind of start picking one of these guys off one at a time. Okay. It's this cast of characters. Yeah. So right away we see, like, he gets seven. We know he gets seven. The first picture, though, we see in the mansion, there's only six. And then Mm -hmm. it drops down to five. And at some point, I think there was only four in the picture. But, you know, you kind of go through these. You've got, you know, number one, uh, Luther. He's the guy on the moon. He's, like, basically your Hulk kind of guy. Like, he's got a lot of power. He's super strong. 
Yep. You have number two, Diego. He's like a crime fighter right now in this time frame, and he's, you know, like like basically really, really skilled with knives. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have number three, Allison. She's like a famous reality star. I guess her TV show that she was on uh, looking in the background was called Love on Loan 3. Uh, and I think her power, it, it seems like either she can like wish or she can like be suggestive about things and stuff happens. Because mm-hmm. we saw her at the bank and she said something about like, oh, I heard you shot your friend and he ends up shooting her, shooting him. Uh, number four, Klaus. Uh, he's a drug addict. Uh, he's kind of the comedic <laughs> relief in a way. Uh, he's probably my favorite up to this point. Uh-huh. Uh, and he gets to talk to the dead. So it's kind of, you know, we talked a little bit about, you know, the haunting of Hill House, not to spoil too much, but, you yep. know, he's hiding his, or he's suppressing his powers by, you know, using drugs, which could be an excuse to it. could be like, well, I like to do drugs. So this is just a really good excuse. Right. Uh, number five, we don't know about, we see our number. Yeah. Number five, we don't know much about until about midway through. He's uh, kind of a time traveler. Doesn't mm-hmm. have an actual name. He's just number five. It's been Still missing number for five. A uh, number six, Ben. Uh, he we know very, very little about except that he died. Uh, mm-hmm. And his superpowers, he becomes an anime, like, octopus thing. And then last but not least is our number seven, Vanya. Vanya. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she has no powers. <laughs> she has powers of writing, apparently. Yeah. Um so that kind of goes into a little bit about my number four, which is called Show, Don't Tell. And that is just where, you know, they use this bank robbery sequence to show us the kids' superpowers instead of just telling us. Like, yeah. instead of having a conversation about it, instead of just explaining, they give us a great visual. Again, I mentioned the bank scene and how much fun that was and how it was kind of set up. And it was kind of almost like a little bit of a surprise because, again, I don't know the comics. So for me going in, I didn't know. I mean, I knew enough, you know, going in kind of what the show was about, but I hadn't read the comics. So I knew there were some superpowers involved. So it was kind of fun to kind of see them played out instead of just saying, oh, well, this is my superpower. You know, it was like you get this demonstration. So that was super fun. So, yeah, Luther has super strength and durability. Diego um, can throw any object with deadly accuracy, curving it through the air to find its target. I looked these up, by the way. Um, So I totally cheated here. Um, Allison can control minds with the phrase, I heard a rumor. Klaus can see and talk to the dead. Yeah, and he happens to also be an addict. Number five, we see... um, Later on, he can jump through time and space. Apparently, he's been missing for a while. 17 years, Um, I think they said. 17 years. And he's now um, the consciousness of, what, a 58-year-old? But he's still in the body of a 13-year-old. So that's really interesting. I'll admit, I'm not... You know, he was kind of joking with Diego and Diego, Diego when they're all having this conversation around this table. And he's like, I don't get it. Or he makes some kind of comment, but like, I don't know really what's happening. He's like, well, if you were smarter, you know, you wouldn't <laughs> feel like, OK, well, I'm Diego in this moment because I don't really understand either. Uh, I love when he's happening. at the coffee shop and it's like, oh, well, what can we get the kid? He's like, the kid would like coffee. Black. <laughs> And then he smiles real big. It's like this really kind of like kind of creepy, but kind of snarky smile at the same time. That was pretty funny. Um, Number six, Ben. We don't know what his superpower was exactly. We saw he really um, destroyed some of those bad guys in in the um, 
in the bank vault there, but we don't really, you know, you just kind of see through shadows, which is okay. I'm okay with that. I like a little mystery behind that, but clearly he's pretty deadly. He came back covered in blood. Yeah. Well, it was kind of like he was reluctant to do it too. And yeah, you you think like, you know, like you have uh, Pogo, like you have some of the, like, I always think of like Game of Thrones and things of these that have like these really big CGI, like expensive things. And sometimes Mm -hmm. just using like, you know, theater of the mind can kind of help because then they can move the, like, the the uh, money to do other things so that you don't have to spend all your money on a giant octopus or whatever he turned into. Right. Yeah. Game of Thrones just needs to keep spending their money on the dragons. Yeah. We like seeing the dragons. Just just put all of our money on those and the dire wolves. Um slight spoiler alert. If you don't know Game of Thrones has dragons in it by now, even if you haven't seen it, then I don't know what to tell you. Anyway. Um and then yeah, Vanya, we don't know yet. They just keep calling her ordinary. Um like she doesn't have any superpowers, which I think is slightly deceiving. I yeah, I'm in the same boat. I've got I've got like these weird like super spoilery like ideas in the future, but like this is you know mm-hmm. we're gonna find out that this is kind of like the arch nemesis kind of kind of thing. Yeah, I think it's pretty misleading. To can you know to think that she doesn't have any? She she might. And this is just speculative. I don't know anything. I I started to, whenever I was looking up specifically what their superpowers were in case I overlooked something or didn't understand fully what they were. And as I was going through them and it got to Vanya, um, it was saying uh, big, big spoilers ahead for Vanya to tell her superpower. And I thought, oh, okay. So I stopped reading. I don't know. But clearly um, that means something. Her superpower um, is she's great with the English language. It's like that's yeah. not a superpower. Exactly. So I think she can play the violin really well. That's true. I know yeah. that she's got she's got some skills at the violin. That's definitely at this for this episode um, some superpowers. So I'm going to assume that she probably has some pretty awesome powers that we just haven't seen yet because I think it's um, um, just too obvious, I guess, yeah. to have all these other kids with something and she has nothing. Well, I'm curious if this is going to end up being very um, like relatable to X Men. It's like kind of like you know you take this idea that's out there and you use it for your inspiration and like. You know, is she going to be kind of like that phoenix, like that? You know, mm-hmm. um, what, what's her name in X Men? Um, uh, Jane, Jane Grey, yeah, Jean the Grey. Dark Phoenix. Yeah, like she's going to be like the super powered kid that you know the the dad the the professor was trying to keep under wraps because you know if you let her out in the open, she's just going to destroy everything. Yeah, um, or yeah, maybe. that's true. I wonder if she was something I, I wonder if she's somehow suppressing it maybe she just hasn't developed it we know like an x-men law of the mutants didn't discover their superpowers or they didn't like till they kind of came of age till they kind of went through a puberty or some tra- type of like traumatic event or something that they discovered that they had them so maybe she just hasn't got there yet maybe she's they're somehow being suppressed but i'm willing to bet she's got something and she's probably more powerful than all of them yeah she's probably very much like um jean gray Love the X-Men, by the way. So was there anything else in your... I kind of hijacked your number. Nope. Yeah, it's just my number five. I think you're going to get a lot of different characters out of this, which is fun. Because you know, a lot of times when you get shows, each character is just kind of a a very slight uh, deviation from another character. Mm -hmm. But with these, you've got like the spectrum. And I love that because you you just get... Everybody gets to play their own part, and they all are very unique to what they're trying to achieve. Yeah, I, I like this good mix of characters, that's for sure. Not only just with their superpowers and how different they are than some others that we've seen, but um, also just their own like 
personal characteristics and, you know, how they're all kind of different um, from each other is super fun. And I'm super excited to see, you know, them in the rest of the series. So I've already talked a little bit about my number four. So if you want, go ahead and jump into your number four. Okay. So my number four, there's only like slight kind of references to this, but my number four is just simply pop culture heroes. Mm -hmm. So you see that these kids were like, you know, on the face of the news during like, this would have probably been like the mid nineties. Well, they're born in 89. They're probably like 13. Um, So actually, yeah, this would have been more like early two thousands if you're trying to follow that timeline. So like 2003, 2004. And so these kids are like, you know, they're on TV. This would have been the start of the internet. So, you know, they'd be on all kinds of things on the internet. YouTube mm-hmm. was starting up. That would have been there. You know, they're on like a teen magazine and just, it's kind of, you know, I always, you always think of these things of like when heroes grow up or when heroes retire. And that's really what you see here. It's like, these are these teen icons, you know, they're growing up, they're fighting crime and then they grow up. And then what happens? You know, is there no more crime? Is it that they've just moved on? Is it that they can't fight crime anymore because of certain things? So I really feel like, you know, you're kind of seeing the, the post glory years for these characters. Um, it's yeah. kind of cool. Again, you get, you got them all coming back and you're seeing them, you know, like if this was, you know, umbrella Academy year one, mm-hmm. it would be a little bit more, not cheery, but a little bit more like fighting crime and things like that. But you know, this is like the bird man. This is, you know, Batman, you know, way in the future when he's broken down. That's what you're going <laughs> to see here is these, these characters just kind of like, all right, we've done all that we can do. Now what? Now yeah. we're doing reality TV. Now we're writing books. Now we're on the moon. Now we're, you know, keeping our glory days going by fighting crime. So um, it, it's, I'm kind of curious how much it'll lean back on that, but it's just simply that we got some pop culture heroes here. Yeah, I like that. Um Definitely like seeing that dynamic of hope we get more of that too. a little bit of seeing them as kids, a little bit more of of what they did and what their purpose was a little bit. Um, But also super interested to just kind of see them as adults, too. I think we're probably going to see a little bit more of that um, and that mix. And um, I find that interesting. I think they're a a fun mix um, and and a true dysfunctional family. And I just always get kicks out of seeing other dysfunctional families because it makes me feel not so bad about my (laughs) own. So well, I'm like, what? well, what's interesting if you go back to the past, these two, there, there's there's 36 other kids out there that potentially yeah. have powers like they do, unless they were all experimented on, which we don't really know, I guess. But yeah, you know, if I'm going to assume, I'm going to assume that these 43 kids that were born on October 1st, 1989, all have some kind of superpower. So you know, yeah, is it like the ghost of Scooby Doo, the 13 ghosts of Scooby Doo <laughs> from back in the day? They had to go and find each one and fight them. Uh, I, but yeah, it's just, it's going to be really like kind of excited to see how it all ends up. I know. And so many questions just from this first episode. Um, so yeah, super excited to continue on. It was hard not to keep watching. So, um, I like that. Good. Number four. Yep. So what do you have for your number three? My number three. Well, we were talking earlier about, you know, the characters and their superpowers. And you mentioned Klaus so far, at least for in this first episode, how he's your favorite. Well, he's definitely my favorite. So I wanted to just kind of just give him a, a mention. Um, I, I loved Klaus. I thought he was super cool, super fun. And I love his character. He is a bit of a misfit. Mm-hmm. Um, he's you a know, punk and rocker. I, 
he's a bit of a punk. Uh, and I love that. Um, he totally reminded me of myself um, and, and his attitude and his dark humor um, and the things that he finds funny. You know, I mean, we see him straight up get out of rehab and immediately goes and scores more drugs. And then you see him <laughs> having to be revived or shocked later when he's in an ambulance and then proceeds to give the paramedic a high five. <laughs> well, it's like the paramedic knew it's like, oh, I've this is Klaus. I've had to save him like 15 times. They look like they're friends. I mean, <laughs> they do. They they look like this isn't our first go around, um, you know, you know, given the shock to old Klaus here after he's had too much. And I'm laughing. I certainly don't want to glorify drug use and people overdosing and having to be shocked. But this is TV. It's fiction. Um And it's for fun. So um, let me have my fun. Um, So I thought that was super fun. Um, When he comes out in Allison's skirt, when they're all (laughs) like, I guess, in the library, it looks like of the mansion. And they're all, you know, having a discussion about how to go forward with their father's, you know, little memorial service or whatever and what they want to do. And he comes out in the skirt, which I don't think anything of. I, I totally dug it. He thought he looked great in it and um, thought that was super funny. And when he says, you know, oh, it's a little dated, but it's it's breathy on the bits. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I just died. I mean, like you said, he's a little bit of a comic relief, but in a dark humor way, which I totally love. I mean, I, I totally dig him so much. Um And then, of course, during the funeral scene, and this is so telling, not just of Klaus, but I think of all the characters, that it's very telling. You get a real sense of, you know, in this episode alone, uh, they're real characters and kind of what each character, what their personalities are. But in this scene, it was very telling because they all have black umbrellas, you know, and they're all very somber, um, except for Diego. He's just standing there in the rain. That's very much, I feel like, you know, his character. Um, and then Klaus is standing there with an umbrella with pink trim, <laughs> you know, which is just absolutely adorable. Just loved him. Thought he had some great lines. Thought he was super fun. I love his dark humor um, and his attitude. And so far, he's definitely my favorite character. Don't know if that will change as we go through it, because I thought number five was fun. I thought he was kind of funny too when we met uh, number five coming through oh, that yeah. he had this, you know, kind of, um, I know he's a kid in real life. I don't know his age in real life, but in the show he's supposed to be, um, 13, I guess with the mind of a 58 year old. So it's kind of, you know, he's got this, you know, like dry wit about him and he just seems kind of just over everything. Um, he was kind of fun too, but for now Klaus is definitely right now my favorite character. So, and keep an eye on him, see what he does moving forward. Yeah, I was really excited to see Klaus's character and how he interacted. Because what I liked about it is it's it's one of those things where it's almost like Deadpool. Like he understands like how ridiculous mm-hmm. this world that they live in. It's like, listen, we're superheroes. Like this is ridiculous, mm-hmm. and kind of has fun with it. You know, at the expense of everybody. It's almost like he's in on the gag. Yeah, um, a couple of my favorite lines is you know he's trying to sober up. So he can talk to his dad and mm, you know, he's mm-hmm. constantly like yelling at the air and he's like, you always yes. were a stubborn bastard. <laughs> uh, and then uh, he's dancing around with the, the urn. And then when the electric surge starts happening, he like hugs it real hard and goes, daddy, like, he's scared. <laughs> yes. uh, and then, so when the electrical surge is happening outside, they all run out there and they're all like, stand back, stand back. And here comes Klaus with a fire extinguisher <laughs> trying to put it out and then chucks it in there. What's he going to do with that thing? <laughs> uh, the other one that got me giggling. So when uh, Luther and Diego started fighting, 
I don't know if you caught this or not. Klaus like puts his hand in front of number five, like he's going to protect him. And number five, like pushes his arm and looks at him like, what the <laughs> fuck, dude? I'm like 58. <laughs> uh, let's see. I think that one was pretty much my main ones for Klaus. Yeah, I think those are pretty much all I had for Klaus. But yeah, I, he's a, uh, you know, when you're looking at the cast of characters a little bit, I feel like, you know, you have, uh, Luther, number one, who's kind of like the Leonardo type leader. I'm relating these back to like turtles. Yeah. You've got, uh, you know, Diego, who's like Raphael the hothead. And you got Mm -hmm. your Michelangelo and Klaus. So, yeah, super fun. Really getting a kick out of Klaus. Very, the the actor, I'm not familiar with his other work. I'd have to, I need to go in and kind of look at his other stuff and other things that he's been in to kind of get familiar with some other roles that he's done and kind of what he's known for. But um, he's, for me, a breath of fresh air. So really digging him and um, looking forward to see him in the rest of the series. So it's my number three. All right. So my number three, uh, again, another simple title, but I felt like this scene had a lot of emotion tied to it. A lot of, you know, I think you can relate to this just as, you know, family and human beings, but it's, uh, I think we're alone now. So, (gasps) yeah. Uh, there's uh, my hometown, like I don't miss, I don't love. And sometimes I kind of like wish that I had those feelings. You're like a lot of people like, Oh my God, I love coming back home, mm-hmm. but I don't like, I just don't have those feelings for my, my hometown. I feel like that's what these family, the, you know, all these guys when they came back, like this was their home. This is where they grew up. This is where they should have been kids, but probably weren't able to be kids. Yeah. But in this moment, Luther goes and puts on a record each of them go to the respective corner and they all just start dancing. Like this is, you know, whenever we were here and they were alone or their dad was away or they, they had this opportunity to be kids, that's what they would do. Yeah. And each one of them kind of looked like they just went back like, you know, 20 years mm-hmm. back to when they were kids dancing. You know, you had Klaus doing his thing. Diego was doing his thing. Uh, so I really, really like that scene because, again, it just kind of reminds me of, you know, when you go when you go back to a place like to me, it's it's my grandparents' house. You know, my grandpa's still there; he's still alive. So whenever I go back there, like I go back to being like eight, nine, ten years old. You know, it's it's where I spent a lot of my childhood memories. And so I, you know, you walk in, it's almost like you you shed twenty years of your life and you're a kid again. You know, yes. And I, you know, I could very much relate to this. You know, with, with that song kicking on, coming back to a place where it just reminded you of kind of that childhood innocence to an extent. Um, so it's kind of cool to see that. Super cool to see that. I'm so glad that you brought that up, and I had a feeling that you would because um, both of us really do have like a love affair with music. We both are huge music fans, and it means a lot to us. Um, and and we always, I know, both share the fact that, you know, when, when there's really great music in a show or a movie and you and I talk about it, we, we share that love when there's really great music, um, in movies and TV shows and how it can move you and take you to another place or another time in your own memories and can just really appreciate how music can kind of like be its own character, you know, in a movie or TV show. And I've, you know, I'm so glad that you brought that up. I had a feeling that you would. And of course it's, it's my number two. So since you've already brought it up, I'll go ahead and just kind of talk about what's what I, what I, my thoughts on it. So I, I, again, I thought it was super cute too, you know, and the dances, you know, each, one seems to have their own, you know, cause you kind of learn a little bit like who Luther is, who Klaus is, who Diego is. Um, and so I feel like not just 
you know, with the dialogue and their fighting skills and their attitudes and personalities, we also get to see a glimpse of it in these dance sequences that they're very much kind of exposing their, um, you know, who they are in their dance styles. And I thought that was super fun. And it was also kind of nice to know that I'm not alone in the fact that I also dance in my room yeah. uh, or to Tiffany's. I think we're alone now. <laughs> I was it's definitely, a good song. Like, and it, it just it like it has that like very like eighties innocent like you know fight like the the growing up type of theme. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I, and I love the point you made about like you you really get kind of an insight to all the characters too a little bit more because mm-hmm. I'm not a person who likes to go out and dance on a dance floor unless I'm super drunk. Then I will dance all over the place. Yes, not tequila. very well, but I will dance. Yes, but if I'm sober and in my room alone and a song kicks on, I dance like nobody's business. Yes, and so I think that's cool what you see here because you know you have Luther who has some moves, like he's kind of like the guy who doesn't have like great rhythm, but he owns it. Uh, I think uh, Vanya, like her, was like a very like even doing it by herself. She was kind of mm-hmm. self-conscious about it. Kind of awkward. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Diego was like owning that shit. Like he was like, I am like, if if I didn't become one of these uh, Umbrella Academy kids, I would have been a Vegas star. Yeah, he was on that shit. Yeah. So I think it's kind of cool to see like, you know, this is what they do when they're literally by themselves in a room. And this is like, you kind of learn a lot about their personalities in the in this moment too. Definitely. Well, and I totally, I mean, it was a nice little surprise, you know, watching the episode for the first time um, a few days ago um, and just kind of watching for fun. So we always watch, you know, like as a fan first, and then we always kind of come back a second time and do our notes and stuff and uh, more of a deep dive. So watching it for the first time and that came on and I was like starting to kind of nod my head a little bit and starting <laughs> to move around. And, and then I was like, I was kind of dancing along with them. I certainly will not talk about my dance moves because they're terrible. I also do not dance in public unless there is lots of tequila to be had. Um, and usually in a group, I, I will not get up by myself. Nobody needs to see that and nobody wants to see that. And, uh, I spare people. Um, but I thought it was super fun because I, I will totally do that. I love to have like a Friday dance off with my dogs, you know, I'll, <laughs> you know, put on a fun, stupid, silly song or something and, uh, you know, try to get my dogs to dance with me and they just look at me like I'm stupid. Um, but I, I thought this was a really super cute sequence. Love seeing all the individuals, you know, in their, you know, like they kind of like where the song is. I think we're alone now, you know, they're kind of in alone in the room. They're kind of having a moment being back at home. You can tell that a lot of them hadn't been back there in a long time. Like you said, you know, um, they're back at home, you know, where they grew up and, you know, that's kind of that nostalgia. And what was fun about this song, you know, and not just this song, but like any song, how a song can, even if you're not back home, even if not, you're not back in the home that you grew up in or like your grandparents' house, or your, your, your parents' house where you grew up, wherever something, a place that meant something to you. That's what's really great about music is music can take you to a place yeah. even when you're not physically in that place. It can mentally kind of take you to that place. And this song definitely does it for me. That I was growing up in the whole Tiffany and Debbie Gibson, you know, heyday and you know, I was totally, um, you know, I used to dance like crazy to this song whenever I was a, a kid, I'll admit it. Um, but again, I can tell just from this episode that music is going to be a really big part of this show. Um, the, the comic is written by My Chemical Romance, um, the singer from My Chemical Romance. Damn, I had that. Oh, I guess in- I didn't realize he wrote that. Yeah, he did. Damn it. I had the name in front of me and I totally lost it. I'm sure everyone knows. I'll look that up here in a Is second. It David and something? It could be. 
God. I know it's in front of me. I know you're probably already Googling it, so I'll keep talking and you can look that up. But yeah, so um, as I've mentioned before, music is huge to me when, you know, it always kind of takes me to a place, means a lot to me. And um, when they started um, in the beginning, not the very beginning, but when we meet Vanya and she starts playing the the violin and she is, um, well... I don't think she's literally playing it, but she's supposed to be playing uh, Phantom, the music from Phantom of the Opera. Um, and they have that whole montage and they're playing all the songs from Phantom. If you're familiar with Phantom, you'll hear them all. And they are just so much fun and how they are intercut with the characters and how we're being introduced characters. Like there's a certain scene when we we see Klaus and he's being revived in the um you know, in the ambulance and the music is playing kind of to the, when they, you know, use the paddles to kind of like jumpstart his heart again. And, um, so it's super fun how they use the music to kind of introduce us to all the characters and what's happening with them when we're being introduced. I love Phantom of the Opera so much. And I thought this was beautifully done. Um, so I'm totally digging it. And they had some really great songs during the fight sequences and action sequences. Um, so I'm, I'm totally digging the music and I'm super thrilled that, um, you know, it feels like that because the comics are kind of inspired and were written from, um, you know, from a guy in a band that this is going to play a huge part. And I'm super excited about that because music and a great show um, really do it for me. Yep. And his name is Gerard Way. That's right. Lost it in my notes. I had so many notes. Um, and his brother yes, thank is you. Mikey Way. <laughs> <laughs> Mikey Way. Oh, he didn't get teased about that nah, at yeah. all, did he? <laughs> hey, Milky, what's going on? <laughs> Knock it off, assholes. <laughs> uh, the only oh. last thing I'll add about that, I love that we got a very kind of, you know, um, playhouse scene as, as the camera pulls back and we yeah. see kind of the three-dimensional each pocket of, uh, you know, the different, you know, siblings dancing in their own rooms. Yeah. You know, that really had that kind of cool, like, you know, playhouse, you know, playing with your toys kind of thing. I really liked that shot. I thought that was a really Super well thought fun. out shot. Very Wes Anderson, I thought. I kind of mm. thought of Wes Anderson a little bit when I saw that, but super fun. Yeah. Very unique. This just very well shot show so far. I love how they're kind of playing with that and doing, you know, being a little bit different and unique and um I'm I'm digging it. So that was that was the dance sequence was my number two. I'm so glad that you brought that up because I I'm, was so big on the dance sequence. The music is really doing it for me. I thought it was super fun, um, and I like the choices. I'm definitely going to have to go back and see if they have like a soundtrack or something to the show oh, yeah. or whatever, and I bet check there is. that out. There check has it out on to Spotify, be Spotify, but there is. Yeah, I'll have to look that up. It, I mean, I'm digging it so far, and we're only in the first episode. So anyway, so that was my number two. What's your number two? So my number two is uh, essentially just number five and his future visions of the end of the world. So mm. we get very little information on it, but just the fact that number five has come back. Uh, he asked specifically for the date, um, which to me was just kind of, if you're a time traveler, that's what you'd want to know. Exactly. But he needed to be very specific with it because we learned that the world is going to end in eight days. He doesn't know how. He doesn't know really like why. He just knows that that's what happens um, because that's what he's seen. Uh, when he went into the future, he was the basically what he says. He was the only one alive. Sounds so, pretty damn terrible. Uh, yeah. So uh, that's kind of our 
you know, that's the, you know, right away we're getting our mission for what these characters are trying to do over these next 10 episodes. They're going to try and stop the end of the world. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think there's another one, which will be my number one, but that's kind of what we're getting at here. Uh, the, you know, you got a very post-apocalyptic, it looks like some kind of explosion or some kind of just deterioration of buildings. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, very much like end of times kind of scenario. So, you know, just, you know, hypoth- you know, you're thinking outside the box, like, what could this be? Could it have been, you know, the evil kids that didn't get adopted? Could it be, you know, something that, you know, their father was trying to protect them from? Was it something not related at all? Like the, the sky's the limit on this. Like I said, I haven't read the comic either. So mm-hmm. I'm coming at this from very much, you know, blind eyes, but, but just curious about that number five's future vision and, you know, kind of seeing how we get towards stopping the end of the world. Yeah. I like that. Definitely a lot of questions. Um, thought that was pretty ominous, you know, when we see what he saw, um, you know, as he starts to talk to Vanya, you know, that, you know, hey, the world is ending in eight days. And um, it's like, oh, well, we got to have something, right? We got all these superheroes. We got to have something for them to do. Um, So, you know, you can kind of expect something like that to pop up. But um, yeah, that didn't look too good. And eight days is not a lot of time. Mm -hmm. We've gotten... It's interesting that the he basically says when he goes to talk to Vanya, like, you're the only one I trust out of the group to tell this to. Mm-hmm. Cause she's so, ordinary. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which again, I feels like a MacGuffin. Like that's, I think there's totally. more there than what, we're, what we need, what we know. Totally. Yeah. We knew we're not going to get away with that one. I don't know what it is, but it's like, I'm not believing that she's just ordinary or whatever. Um, so yeah, that's a good number two. Um, well, my number one kind of leads into that just a little bit is, and that's questions. I always almost always have something like that in the first episode that we watch because I'm left with all these questions. Um, certainly don't expect any of these to be answered at the moment. I'm okay not knowing right now because we're only in the first episode. So first question, will they explain the event? So all of these children were born by mothers who were literally for the entire day were not pregnant. And then like we saw, we opened with the girl in the swimming pool, you know, she's, you know, her and that boy are flirting, you know, a little, little innocent flirtation happening. She jumps in the pool, doesn't appear to be very pregnant. And then all of a sudden she's like (laughs) very pregnant and not only very pregnant, but also very much in full labor. So what the hell? And we know that, you know, her and what 42 other women Mm -hmm. is, you know, that this happened to them on this day. Will this get any type of explanation or any, anything to kind of explain a little bit about what happened and why, um, do I need it? I don't know. I don't know. I would love to kind of know, but I don't know that I have to know. I mean, it's kind of like with The Walking Dead and spoiler alert, Jesus, if you haven't watched The Walking Dead by now, I don't know what to tell you. If you haven't, though, skip ahead a few seconds. But like in The Walking Dead, how, you know, Robert Kirkman's like, I'm never going to, we're never going to go there. We're never going to explain how the whole zombie apocalypse started. Like, how did we get to the first zombie or walker? You know, we're not Mm going to talk about it. And it's just there. So it's okay. And I'm okay with that in that show. I'm okay in this show, but I'm just curious. Um, and then Hargreaves, who is this guy? How did he make his money? And why was he such a damn dick to his kids? <laughs> what was it? Yeah. Like what was his mission in all this? Yeah. I mean, he's, he's this very, you know, eccentric billionaire who goes up and essentially they say adopt, but he bought yeah. 
you know, these kids, at least from what we saw in the first one, it looked like Vanya there. I'm guessing Vanya's like a Russian name. And then that was the Russian girl that he went up to. Um, so I'm guessing that was Vanya. Um, so he essentially bought these kids. Um, why? What was his whole purpose with, you know, why did he adopt as many kids as he could and form the Umbrella Academy? What was his goal? Um, mm. I'm guessing we're probably going to get maybe a little bit more into that. What happened to Ben? Uh, ben was number six and he is deceased. So what happened to him? Um, he still comes around and talks to Klaus. Klaus seemed pretty comfortable with him. Like this was not the first time that they're having a conversation um, past um, Ben having died. So what happened to Ben? Um, and then why does Diego have the dad's monocle? Yeah. So all your questions lead into my one big question, which is the murder mystery. Okay, let's L- let's talk about it. Because Luther's pushing pretty hard. It's like, you know, the monocle's gone, right? That, that was yeah. kind of the thing that we see Diego have at the end. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's the second, I think, big story that we're going to try, and, or the big theme that we're going to try and figure out with this, like what happened to Reginald Hargreaves? You know, mm-hmm. was he murdered? Did Diego do it? Because Luther thinks one of the kids did it. Uh, was it Vanya? Was it Diego? Was it, you know, number five coming back in time somehow? Uh, you know, and all your questions you brought up, I think, are really intriguing as well. Like, you know, like, Ben, how'd he die? Um, uh, how many of these questions are we going to get answered? Uh, I think it's really intriguing. Know. The first piece you brought up with, you know, all of a sudden there's 43 women who are pregnant and they have their kids. I think if if that adds to the story somehow, it, it would be really awesome to to have. But if it's essentially like the story is these couple pieces and that's just kind of the, the jumping point is, oh, this thing happens. They have superpowers. Right. I'm fine with just leaving it like that. Like I don't want to feel yeah. like it's fish, you know, like shoehorned in or something like that where it's like, oh, because the end of the world is because of this. It's like, well, that seems right. like a cop out. Yeah. And I definitely I, – yeah, if they can't explain it well – and do this story well, then I don't need to know. I would rather it be a mystery. But it's certainly a question I have. Like, how or why did that happen? Was there a reason that it happened? Was there something that happened in the world to make it happen? You know, some sort of immaculate conception, and not just an immaculate conception, but an immaculate birth. Like, they just... (laughs) Boom, you're pregnant. Boom, you're in birth. You know, you're birthing and in labor. So it's like um, anything I learned. If you get a kiss on the cheek and then jump in a pool, you get pregnant. (laughs) I mean, science. Science. (laughs) Yeah, that's how babies are made, folks. Don't go around kissing anybody and then jumping (laughs) in a pool. Um, that, yeah, that was scary, scary to think about, but I don't need to have it explained, but it is a question I had. I was just kind of thinking of questions along the way, uh, like, well, why, what, what did cause that to happen? You know, was there some type of, you know, weird event, you know, that kind of went across the world to make that happen? I don't know. And it's okay if I don't get it, but yeah, I, but like, yeah, it that, left, I like it left vague because like you said, like the yeah. walking death, if, if they came out like in the last season and said, oh, it was a virus, you're like, okay, well. I kind of yeah. assume that it doesn't do anything or, you know, oh, it was a meteor. And you're like, okay, that's dumb. Like you th- I think of like different shows, like there's Walking Dead, there's a, a Maximum Overdrive is the one I can think of off the top of my head. You know, mm-hmm. all these vehicles come to life. And at the end it's like, oh, it's because of a meteor. And you're like, all right, well, it's just kind of cool to have that, like let your mind make up its own story because it's going to be yeah. even that much cooler. Yeah. And, and you know that there's really almost no satisfactory way to explain it. It's yeah. just – it just kind of is like, okay, there was this event that caused this to happen, but we're not going to explain it. 
you know, and I'm okay with that. I really am. But it is a question that I had because it, it did seem, you know, quite strange whenever I first, you know, heard it. And it's like, oh, well, why? Why did these women get pregnant? How did they get pregnant? And, you know, why do they have superpowers? And just, you know, all this, you know, kind of questions that run through my head because I'm a curious cat. But yeah, the whole murder mystery thing. And what is curious out of that too is that why can't Klaus talk to him? Why can't he summon uh, Hargreaves? Why, why can't he summon their father if he can just talk to the dead? And apparently he doesn't even have to be that sober to do it. Yeah. Um, why can't well, he seem to talk to his dad if he's really dead? That's kind of interesting. Yeah, I'm kind of curious if like it's something he can just like summon and they show up or if they have to be a willing partner. Um, yeah, because we really only saw like very little interaction between him and Ben. You know, yeah. it's like waffles. It is because everybody loves waffles. It's true. I mean, you know, do, does the the dead person have to be willing to come and talk to you, yeah. or can you summon them against their will? Or you know, how we haven't quite seen it work except for him just casually. Ben is just just happens to be sitting there next to him in the back seat of the car, so we haven't quite seen you know, Klaus in action yet or exactly, you know, how his powers kind of serve the whole team and, and of course how it will serve them moving forward, um, in the story. But, you know, just kind of curious as to why, why that's, you know, happening and why he can't summon him. And if, did he really die of a heart attack or is there some type of mystery behind it? Lots of questions. So it'd be interesting to see what answers we do get. Probably, only a couple of these will get answered as we move along, and the others I probably won't even give a shit about later as the yeah. series carries on because it's going to move on and it's going to be super fun. So that was um, my number one. Did you have anything else about your number one that you wanted to say? No, I think that tidies it up a little bit on my end. Cool. I have a couple notes, just a few mentions, not anything too deep because I think we covered a lot of it in our top five. But we were just talking about you know the women all of a sudden becoming – pregnant and giving birth in the same day in just a few moments. But the first one that we see there, how do you give birth in a swimsuit? <laughs> well, they might've they, cut it. Maybe, but I'm just like that. I can't take, couldn't take my mind off of anything else. It kind of just <laughs> threw me because all I'm thinking about is you're wearing a one piece swimsuit. Yeah. I didn't think about that. And it's, it's fine, you know, for, for just posterity, you know, to just have the bottom half covered. And I'm not saying you had to show everything. It just didn't seem very practical because like, practical, I'm just like, okay. <laughs> anyway, um, then this weird romantic thing between Allison and Luther. I got the gist of that too because her necklace had their initials a, on it, right? A plus L. Okay. Little heart-shaped locket. Yeah. I mean, I know they're not blood, yeah, but they were raised as siblings. They're raised in the same house. They call Hargreaves, even though he's not their biological father, they call him dad, father, yeah. whatever. Um, so I don't know. Kind of weird. I mean, whatever. Um, and then the scene when Vanya drew the umbrella on her arm when the oh, others yeah. were getting their tattoos. That was so sad. Really felt for her. I, you know, again, I, I think she's going to come out as a big old ass kicker. Um, but it was really sad to see how segregated that she got from the group. Like when she was at the, the whole, the bank robbery scene and the kids are out there saving the day and her dad's such a dictor telling her, you know, like, well, 
you're just ordinary. You have no powers, yeah. you know, and you can't be, you just have to sit back here and watch. And it seems like she has to just keep sitting back and watching. And She's like a scorekeeper. You know. She's got the patents filling in. All right, this exactly. person did this number of kills. This person did this number of kills. Yeah, so that was that was a sad moment, though. She just it seems like she just so badly just wants to kind of belong and be part of the group. And um, so, yeah, that's about all my notes. That's all that we covered everything else during our top five. Did you have any notes? Yeah, uh, I've got a couple that we didn't cover. So um, their mom apparently is a robot. Oh, yeah, I had that. And I, I said, is she a robot question mark? And then we see her later kind yeah, of hook I up. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, there's that question that was answered. So, yeah, that's weird. So, you know, that's kind of the thing. It's like, okay, well. Did, you know, their dad create them because he created a robot? He created a talking chimp? Uh, mm-hmm. Did, it's lots, like you said, lots of questions to tie into that. Um, so I had the umbrella tattoos. Uh, the fight between uh, number one and number two, Diego and Luther. Really, really cool fight, even though yeah. it seemed kind of out of the blue. Uh, but Luther stopped once he got cut. And yeah. so I'm kind of curious if he's got, sensitivity to bleeding because he seemed and maybe it was kind of like a, okay this has gone too far i'm done but it seemed like he kind of almost tucked his tail and ran yeah uh, that was interesting because he's supposed to have the super power super strength and super endurance yeah. so i wonder if he was holding back a little bit maybe. as he was fighting uh diego and diego didn't seem to be holding back. Like he whipped out his knives and he's pretty deadly with those knives and pretty accurate. So I don't know, maybe that's a line that was crossed. Like, Oh, we're not just like fighting like brothers here, you know, brothers fight. And I've seen plenty of brothers, cousins in my family, you know, (laughs) throw down and fist fights, but they tend to sometimes kind of hold back. But then once he crossed that line, um, you know, it's kind of like, Whoa, Whoa, you know, what's, you know, What's going on here? So I don't know if maybe that was it, but yeah, that was interesting. And then last, I think we mentioned it a little bit, but I think my it deserves a little bit more uh, uh, information or a little bit more discussion is uh, number five's fight in the diner. Yes. Uh, you know, great song in the background. It's these mercenaries showing up for some reason, not knowing why. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we see that number five has some kind of implant. Uh, but I thought that was just a really well done fight. Getting to see him bounce back and forth. Like this is a kid like kicking these dudes asses. Yeah. Um, super this, fun. Yeah. And this told you, it's like, this isn't just like a normal superhero like movie where you don't see blood, you don't see violence. Like this is violent, gory and like to the nines. Yeah. That was a really great action sequence. Um, and I'm curious to, yeah, that's another question. Uh, what was the chip? When and where did he get it? Who are those people? Uh, coming after him so uh, looking forward to get some getting some of those and quickly I meant to have it in my notes but I thought oh you're not gonna forget it you don't have to write it down and I did kind of forget it until we started talking about him again so the actor that plays uh, Luther I think his name um, I think is Tom Hart Tom Hopper Tom Hopper yep So we were talking a little bit about just kind of referencing um, in passing Game of Thrones a little bit. And I don't think this is too spoilerish, but if you haven't watched, you know, feel free to skip ahead for a moment. But um, Tom Hopper played uh, Dickon Tarly. (laughs) (laughs) I know you watch and I knew you'd laugh. (laughs) He played Dickon. Um, (laughs) Tarly. (laughs) You want me to say that a couple more times? Who'd he play? (laughs) Dickon. (laughs) (laughs) You sound like Uh. Braun. (laughs) 
Um, but yeah, if you're, if you're a fan of Game of Thrones, you might recognize Tom Hopper from that role. Um, well, I won't talk about his character, won't talk anything about who or how that played out in Game of Thrones, but it was super fun to see him, um, you know, in the show. Cause I was like, oh my gosh, he's, he just stood out. He's just, he's tall. Um, he's really built. I remember seeing him as Dick on and I immediately Googled this guy, that dude, he's almost as big as what he really is. I feel like they kind of, they make him a lot bigger in the show because that's yeah, like his that, superpower. But he's the only thing with him is it seemed like he had like the foam muscles. Like I don't, yeah. that's not him. Yeah. It, it it's, I don't know if it's supposed to be that way because it's kind of comic bookish, you know, that he's so, you know, kind of built. And they even commented, his siblings were commenting about it, like, wow, you really filled <laughs> out. Um, was it, you know, protein shakes, low carb? <laughs> what, you know, <laughs> I had to giggle a little bit. But um, yeah, clearly they filled him out quite a lot. But he is a big guy and um, doesn't look too bad without a shirt off because I did, <laughs> did Google him after I you know, it was like, oh, look at this guy on Game of Thrones. I'm loving they introduce these new characters. But anyway, just a little fun fact for um, anyone who might have been going, where where have I seen that guy before? Well, if you've if you're so, up to date in Game of Thrones, that's where you've seen him from. So, did you find any pictures of Dick on? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> so no. your safe search was on. That's what you're saying. <laughs> Safe search. Well, I was Googling using his his act his name, his actual name, not his character's name. So we don't want we don't need to see all kind of pop ups and, and, and have all kinds of stuff on my computer. So no. We kept it kept it PG, Sean. Come on. <laughs> you know who you're talking to here. No. <laughs> anyway, that's all the notes that I have. Uh, same as me. Great show. I'm, I'm excited to, to get this one going. Yeah, I'm super excited, too, to keep moving um, with the rest of the series. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, well, great top five. I um, think we talked about that one um, really well. So moving on into a little bit of news. Um, you want to take that first one for me? I think it's kind of short. Yep. Uh, so our first one comes from entertainmentweekly.com. It's an interview with Steve Blackman, the showrunner. So first and foremost, I wanted to ground the characters, the showrunner says. It's a very busy landscape of superhero stories. When I first looked at the graphic novel, to me, it was a dysfunctional family show. In fact, I had the long line when I first pitched it to Netflix that's a dysfunctional family show with a body count. I was very inspired by Wes Anderson and the Royal Tenenbaums. And I wanted to give it that feel, make it very cinematic and set it to music, which was a big part of it, and really make it stand out from Marvel DC Fair. All of these shows are great, but I really wanted this to feel different, but it feels like they're very imperfect and the family struggling. They were world famous at one point, and then the world totally forgot them. They did experience fame, and as kids, they must have loved that, but now no one remembers who they are. That weighs heavily on them. Because of the ways, because of ways music background with My Chemical Romance, the Umbrella Academy comics always had a bit of a punk aesthetic. Music is an even bigger part of the show, with several scenes soundtracked by unexpected song cues. Blackman says he wanted the music to be almost its own character in the show. Love that. Love the music. That was a fun little snippet. It's so hard finding stuff that doesn't spoil the whole darn show for you. Oh, but I yeah. thought that was fun right before the. Um, the show aired. They had that little interview. 
Um, the next little item that we have is from SciFiWire.com. Um, so the Umbrella Academy is not all doom and gloom. Showrunner Steve Blackman um, and his cast make sure to lighten the mood uh, via a healthy dose of gallows, humor, and musical numbers that function almost like mini music videos, including one early standout moment about halfway through the show's first episode. The estranged siblings are finally back under one roof again, sulking in their respective rooms before Tom Hopper's Luther, the de facto leader of the group, pops on a quintessential 80s bop, Tiffany's I Think We're Alone Now, and kicks off a hard grief family dance party with everyone dancing by themselves of course Uh, the kids are acting like they're so dissimilar to each other yet when they go to their childhood rooms and think they're alone they let loose and you see the innocence come out blackman told sci-fi wire Um, it's just a sweet tableau for that one second blackman says he had a few dance moves in mind for each character but mostly just left it up to the cast to feel the music and the moment i gave them some moves and half of them ignored me which is okay <laughs> i was offset screaming do the watuzi they'd scream back i don't know the watuzi <laughs> i don't know the watuzi either um so he says steve gave us a lot of leeway with what he wanted us to do confirms hopper i think that's what's great about that sequence we got given the basics and then he was like after that you can just go nuts do your thing and there was a cataprod on set so if you ever slow down you got jabbed with it jokes robert sheehan um, who plays klaus the family's resident black sheep he dances a waltz with dear old dad's ashes um there are certain dance moves in there which i never thought would make the cut um he says mm, uh, his crab move laughs hopper um i thought that was funny his little crab move he's <laughs> doing that little thing across the room he says which is so funny because the dance move that steve gave me didn't make it um so for Blackman, the most important element sequence was that each of the siblings dance in a way that's in keeping with their personality. He says, everyone's dancing in character, um, says Castaneda, which is one of the dopest things. Um, for Ellen Page's Vanya, her moves are smaller, more self-conscious. Um, and they say, I kind of like Ellen Page's moves. They're pretty fun, says Cameron Britton. Um, he was not part of the montage. He's number five, but he was on set. Um and they said that was all page according to Blackman. Ellen just did Ellen. She did this great little dance. And I said, it has to be understated because I'm a wallflower and I'm just letting loose a little bit. I so, love that. Yeah. I thought that was super fun that they were kind of given a little instruction, but yet just was like, you know what? Just do your thing. Um, and they all kind of know their characters to kind of keep in, in tune with that. So I hope we see a little bit more of that. Not, it doesn't have to be too much because I don't want it to get too, um, I don't know. I don't want to kind of take away from it, but it'd be nice to kind of just see some little fun bits now and every now and again. I think fight scenes and stuff like that, you could see it happening there where they're kind of choreographed with the music in the fight scene, like something like that, or maybe a chase scene or, you know, maybe they're, you know, doing investigation kind of stuff. Like, I think that would be pretty clever and cool. That would be fun. Cause they kind of did that a little bit in the bank scene, you know, where each sibling kind of had their moment and, you know, kind of, it was almost like a dance. So yeah, it was super fun. Um, so that's all the news that we have. Now we have messages from the other 36, our listener feedback portion. So Derek Whitfield, I found it to be interesting, but a bit slow. Hmm. Doug Fix says, you had me a talking monkey. <laughs> like ape. The, ape. Uh, ape. Chimpanzee. Sorry, <laughs> we're going to we're going to pick on that. Um, he goes on like the uh, I like the production values. Clearly a higher budget than Lifetime Studios can afford. <laughs> they couldn't even damage a car. 
Anyway, I'm getting the badass Brady Bunch crime fighting vibe if Mike was an eccentric recluse billionaire and Greg um, and Marsha had a forbidden love. Peter throws knives and has anger issues. Bobby can time travel. Ellen Page plays the near-do-well Jan. How come she's a movie star? I hope Ellen Page smiles just once in the series. And little <laughs> Klaus is Cindy, the drug-addled klepto who can talk to the dead. So that makes the monkey Alice? <laughs> Fun soundtrack, I am intrigued. Did you see all the hidden ghosts? Oh, I saw every single one of them. Well, the one <laughs> wasn't very I saw, hidden. I <laughs> saw the one wasn't very hidden. I, I I don't know that I can deal with any more hidden ghosts. Uh, I think we got a season two of that Haunting of Hill House, so we'll be prepared <sighs> for it. I'm. It's going to take me that long to mentally prepare myself. That show scared the shit out of me. Anyway, I digress. So our next one comes from Lindsay Slitch. So a talking monkey, talking ape. Uh, is like a giant dick on Tarly dancing to the <laughs> Tiffany. Uh, certainly not what I expected, but an everything to say the least. Klaus is an early standout. Love his character. I'll be interested to learn about Vanya. No doubt she'll turn out to be the most powerful of all. Also very curious about this Stepford robot mom they have. I think this is going to be one of those shows where each episode creates 50 new questions. I'm so glad you guys are covering it. I've missed the podcast. Thanks, Lindsay. We've missed you too as well. Sally Lynch Mock says, I have watched the whole series. It was interesting series and I enjoyed it. Can't wait to hear what you think of the show. Kristen House says, not sure about the first episode. I'm sure that number seven has some incredible ability the horrible man never saw and she will end up saving the world, though. I actually found most of the Umbrella Academy kids, adults, to be unlikable. I'm looking forward to your breakdown to see what you thought. Missed you guys. Miss you too, Kristen. That was great. You know, I have to admit, everyone keeps saying Umbrella Academy. When I first heard, because I wasn't familiar with the comics, when I first heard Netflix was coming out with a show called The Umbrella Academy, I couldn't help but go like straight to Resident Evil. Like, oh, yeah. I did the same thing. <laughs> did I kept you? saying The Umbrella Company. I know. I kept thinking Umbrella. I cannot hear anything Umbrella without thinking The Umbrella Corporation and Resident Evil. Um, sorry, Resident that's... Evil. Oh, God. That is such, I was obsessed with that game way back in the day. And I just recently um, bought the new Resident Evil 2, the, the remake that they did. Oh, nice. Yeah. And Julie and I um, just beat it like a week or two ago or finished it. I don't know if you can beat it. I don't know. But um, <laughs> we finished it and we survived. So that was super fun. Super fun game. Totally recommend it. But yeah, that's where my mind went when I kept hearing Umbrella Academy. I was like, is this a Resident Evil thing? Because awesome. And Netflix is doing a Resident Evil. I think so, yeah. Um, I thought I heard that somewhere along the lines. Yeah, there's like a show or something. I don't know how I feel about that yet, but, you know, to be determined. Anyway, sorry, I digress. Um, Next feedback's from Gwendolyn. Um, Okay, here goes. I think the first episode was pretty good. Loved the entrance because I love the Phantom soundtrack. You and me both. They have enough questions to keep me intrigued and to continue watching. I liked the grittiness of it. Kind of reminded me of Kick-Ass. I love that movie. Um, I found it interesting that the kids were being shown off. Usually superheroes or people with abilities are trying to hide. They don't usually flaunt. I will be surprised if the Ellen Page character doesn't have an ability. Looking forward to your coverage of the show. Thanks. Thank you, Gwendolyn. All right. We have an email from Jenny. So Rima and Sean. So I was going back and forth on whether or not to start this series, but you guys covering it sealed the deal. And I'm going to try not to binge for once and watch one episode a week. We'll see how that goes. First episode was pretty good, especially the soundtrack. Who wants to admit they got up and danced a bit to I Think We're Alone Now? Guilty. I I did. (laughs) 
<laughs> and there's never anything wrong with a They Might Be Giants song during a donut shop shootout, in my opinion. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Uh, character setup was great. Can't wait to learn more about all of them, especially poor Vanya, the ordinary, in quotes, one. And now they somehow have to sort out their baggage and work together to save the world. Looking forward to see how it all comes together. Yeah. Very nice. Thanks, Jenny. Thanks for picking up the show because we're covering it. That just warms my heart. Yeah, I always get excited when people are like, oh, I was on the fence and then you guys said you were going to cover it, so I jumped right in. I know. I love that. Look at the power we have. Whoa. Oh, oh. <laughs> I promise to only use it for good. <laughs> Maybe. Um, we have a couple of voicemails as well. I'm so excited. I love voicemails. I love it when you guys send us a voice message. Please don't be shy. If you're hesitant to do it, please, please do it. I love it. I love hearing your lovely voices. The first one that we have this week is from our good friend, Steve Brown. Hello, Stranger Things. This is Steve, and I'm not even going to try to say the first episode of Umbrella Academy. It's too long to worry about. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, it's getting great reviews, and there's a talking monkey. I'm in. Um, Pogo named Pogo. I'm in. Uh, there's 36 more of these children out there. I just thought that was interesting. I don't know why 36, but um, so number one is Luther, number two Diego, three Allison, four Klaus, five disappeared. No name. Why doesn't he have a name? Six, Ben, deceased. Seven, Vanya, no powers. Um, the, the Tiffany dance-off scene was pretty funny. And uh, uh, looking forward to hearing what you guys thought. But uh, it's, it's intriguing. It's, it's caught my attention. And I will uh, definitely check it out. Can't wait to hear what you guys thought. Talk to you later. Oh, and I almost forgot. Was Luther actually on the moon? Because he got back really fast. Talk to you later. Oh, that's a good point. He did. Yeah. I think he was on the moon, and yeah, he did get back really fast, didn't he? Yeah, I wonder if he has an extra superpower. I mean, obviously, living on the moon, he had to have some kind of super tech, so maybe it doesn't take as long for him to get back. Maybe, yeah, maybe he's got some super rocket. He's got Elon Musk's rocket. rocket maybe he gets X. on his ship, dick on, and <laughs> flies back to Earth, penetrating the atmosphere. <laughs> We're going to have the record number of times I've kind of said in podcasts. <laughs> yeah, this is why I can't be on the uh, game of House uh, uh, Podcast. You can't. That's why you couldn't. Yeah, that's why you. Ha- they probably, Kristen didn't ask you to be on the episodes that Dickon was on. <laughs> she knew you were I started giggle. and I'm like, all right, let's talk about Dickon. Dickon. Dick off. The dicker. <laughs> You're going to have a lot of editing to do to get my laughing out of there. Oh, my God. Dying. Um, Oh, and um, also, Steve, number five, he doesn't have a name. I think it was said because he disappeared before they got their names. Like, they were still, like, I guess he's supposed to be 13. They were all 13, I guess, at that time when he disappeared. And they were all still going by their numbers. Number one, number two. Like, gave Um, themselves their names? Maybe after? Their mom. It said their mom. mom. Like, he couldn't even be bothered to give us names. Mom had to do it. Um, And I I guess they didn't even have their names until after they were 13 and after number five disappeared. I I was going to say, maybe they didn't get until after the superhero stuff was over. But um, with Luther giving giving her that necklace with the initials on it, they would have probably, yeah, got it shortly after. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe that's, that's what happened. 
he disappeared and in her AI, she's like, oh my gosh, like these kids can't die or disappear without a name. Right. Yeah. I Maybe we'll see that in a flashback or something moving forward. But that's what I gathered was that he disappeared before they even got their names. So apparently they went quite a long time just going by like number, like by their numbers. So hopefully that helps a little bit. Not a whole lot of insight. Um, we have another voicemail from our lovely friend Onwen from New Zealand who is just so lovely. So let's hear what she has to say. Hi, Rima and Sean. It's Anwen. I'm so excited to be following along for Umbrella Academy and watch the first episode. Oh, my gosh. It is a really interesting show. I love it. I, I'm a bit overwhelmed because there's so much that's happening in that first episode. Visually, it's just so beautiful. There's so much introduction to all these amazing characters. And I guess when you watch something that you know other people from um, or other places from, you kind of get reminded or... Um, I guess it kind of makes you think of other shows and I guess some of my impressions for this one was the druggy guy Klaus has kind of a bit of a James Franco vibe. I don't know if you got that Remo, I know you're a fan. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The guy who plays Dickon in Game of Thrones <laughs> seems like he has more to do in one episode than he did in all four episodes of Game of Thrones that he was in. Um one of the locations kind of reminded me of Altered Carbon. You know, when they go to the main mansion kind of place in Altered Carbon, it looked a little bit like um, their home. Mm. I thought that was kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what else. It was just really awesome, and I'm so excited to follow along for the rest of the season. Thanks, guys. Bye. Oh, Perfect. that's lovely. Thank you. Thank you, Anwen. It's always lovely to hear from you um, and to hear from everyone. Um, I appreciate everyone taking the time to um, write us in. We were getting feedback. See, I think we got some from Instagram, Facebook, um, email, and then we got some lovely voice messages emailed to us. So I love everyone reaching out. Um, and letting us know what they think of the show. If you're appreciating what we do, um, it really does warm the heart. Um, and I love getting your guys' perspective. So thank you, everyone, for taking the time at, yeah. uh, to write in. Thanks, everybody. And remember, if you want to send a voicemail, you can use like the voice uh, memo app on your phones. Everyone has it, your voice recorder. Mm-hmm. Record it, listen to it. If you don't like it, redo uh, it and just send it to us an email and you can be on the show as well. Absolutely. I love hearing your lovely voices. And I, as I've said again, and maybe I haven't said it enough, if you have an accent, I don't care what kind of accent, you're kind of required yeah. to send in oh, a voicemail. Yeah. I, I love a good accent. So I don't care if it's a good Southern accent. If you've got a crazy Northeastern, uh, like, um, you know, um, Boston accent, or if you're from Australia, New Zealand, like our lovely Anwen, or wherever you're from, you're, you have to at least one time. Um, give me a little thrill. I don't have much in my life, guys. Give me... <laughs> <laughs> Give me some good accents. <laughs> anyway, thank you, everyone. You are truly love, lovely, and we love and appreciate you. All right, so next week we'll be covering the second episode from Netflix TV series, The Umbrella, Umbrella Academy, titled Run, Boy, Run. So the description for this episode is after sharing the story of his time travel with Vanya, five hunts for the owner of a fake eye, but hmm. two mysterious assassins are hot on his trail. A fake eye. Well, that's kind of coming out of left field. Huh. Well, we're really excited for you to join our Crime Fighting Academy. For mission updates, follow us on Twitter at Strange T Cast. 
You can like us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash StrangerTCast. And you can check us out on Instagram at strange underscore indeed underscore pod. You can email us at strangerthingscastpod at gmail.com. And you can also find us on the TV Time app. And you can find Strange Indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts like House Podcastica at podcastica.com. Getting geared up. We're what, like three weeks away from Game of Thrones? Get get on House <sighs> Podcastica and get ready for that. Oh my gosh. Kristen is so knocking it out of the park right now on her rewatch, um, getting everyone primed and ready for season eight yes. of Game of Thrones. And she's um, right about in the middle-ish. Yeah, right in the middle, I think, of season seven. So if you love Game of Thrones, you have to check out House Podcastic. Which, House uh, Podcastica. Which characters are showing up in those episodes? Well, I know there's a character, um, let's see, there's Braun and Jamie and Dickon. And <laughs> <laughs> Just Sean, you're na- 12. I know. <laughs> I know. You know what? I am too. That's why I giggle right along with you. Um, I think well, in that like, moment we were all Braun when they, oh, yeah. you know, introduced Dickon, you know, he giggled. Well, it's like and- when we did Bandersnatch. Like I was talking about that with Rich on the way to Jersey and I couldn't stop giggle whenever he said it. I had to like just finally numb myself from giggling so much at Bandersnatch. Um, and I still <laughs> oh my God, I am 12. Sorry. <laughs> totally digressing from House Podcastica. Again, if, if you're a huge Game of Thrones fan, you're not going to find a better um, Game of Thrones podcast. Kristen is great. She has a great round table of guest hosts. Sean's been on it. I've been on it. We've been on it together. Um, and lots of great folks that have some great insight to Game of Thrones if you're a big fan. Um, and yeah, we're just weeks away from season eight. And you got to be ready because it's the last season, guys. So anyway, um, and speaking of great podcasts, make sure to check out Sean and his other podcast, The Language of Bromance, that comes out every Sunday. Yeah, so we're it's going to be a little bit, but we've got some episodes from our brocation to Jersey. So check those out when they come out. I'll probably mention them again next week. But Yay! All right, well, that's our show, episode 80. We only see each other at weddings and funerals. Until next time, I'm Rima. And I'm Sean. And Gwendolyn Figueria is strange indeed.